0: So I was watching the Super Bowl, and as a kid, obviously, I love the Super Bowl, but I like the commercials a lot more. I was, like, all about the commercials. They're hilarious. And teams are great. Game was good. But, man, there was, like, one commercial that, like, pierced me to the heart. That, like, I couldn't get over, and even still, to this day, I'm, like, going back to. So I was, like, I just want to, like, if you didn't see the Super Bowl or see these commercials, I'm, like, I just got to paint you this picture, you might know which one I'm talking about when I start talking about it, but like if you didn't, here's the picture. So the commercial begins, and the commercial is basically a bunch of still images, emotionally charged still images, images of hate, violence, racism, political divisions, and then it's also charged by this emotionally faster-pace building up of the music, and you see these expressions of utter hate and fighting and discord and, and black and white and, and COVID masks and no COVID masks and protests and anger, hate. And soon, these images, they get faster and faster. And soon then the music builds up more and more and more and faster and faster and faster. And sooner or later, it goes silent and everything goes black. And there are words that come across the screen. And it says, Jesus loved those that you hate. I had no idea where this commercial was going. Like, no idea. I was drawn in by these images that were just so emotionally charged. Like, your heart was like, where is this going? Nowhere in my mind did I think it was going where it went. Nowhere in my mind. And when it went black and I see these words, Jesus loved those That you hate? Oh, man. Another way to say that is, Jesus died for the ones that have hurt you the most. Like, it pierced me to the core. I mean, Jesus literally suffered and died for people in my life that have caused me the greatest pain, people in my life that, that I never even knew it would be possible for me to experience that level of pain, that level of abandonment, that level of betrayal, that level of just hate and division and brokenness. Never in my life did I ever think I could experience this level of evil from a person, and yet Jesus died for that person. In the gospel, we hear our Lord Jesus talking about turn the other cheek. And if they offer, you ask for your tunic, give him your cloak as well. If they ask you to go a mile, give two miles. If, it says, do not offer resistance to anyone that is evil. I mean, there's this injustice, right? Pray for those who persecute you, right? There's an injustice going on, right? Someone's hitting you and you're to turn and give them your other cheek. And so many times, I think when we read not only this gospel, so many things in the gospels when there's like injustice, right? Something's happening that shouldn't be happening. We like to place ourselves in the position of the person. Like the person that's, you know, experiencing the injustice, I'm the person that got hit on the cheek that Jesus is asking me to turn the other cheek. I'm the one that's being asked to go the extra mile. I'm the one that's experiencing this injustice right now. I think we need to first recognize the fact, my brothers and sisters, we're not the ones that are experiencing injustice. We first and foremost are the ones that have done the injustice. And the one that Jesus speaks about is himself in this moment. Who was the one that went the extra mile? Who was the one that never, who like a lamb, led to the slaughter, opened not his mouth when he had the ability to defend himself? Who was the one that didn't even offer resistance of his hand being pulled back when they wanted to put nails, but yet he almost offered his hand to his crucifiers? The one who allowed us by our own sin to punch him and spit on him and to scourge him by our own sin, and he allows it, and then he says, here's my other cheek as well. Don't just take one hand and crucify, take the other one as well. Who, who we ask for one mile doesn't just give a drop of his blood, but pours forth every single ounce of his blood upon the ground that he created. It is not us who've experienced the injustice first. It's him who has experienced the injustice from us. We are the ones, by our own life of sin, that is a consequence of our sin, not his. That is the greatest injustice. It is the greatest complete act of injustice in the midst of the world, a sinless Sinless Jesus taking upon our sin. That's my sin right there. That's the consequence of my sin, of your sin, of our sin. It's the greatest injustice. And so many times we can hear in this gospel, and it's like, how dare this person, how they treat me this way, how dare them. We get angry at we get angry, at mad, we want justice, I want them to fear this pain, I want them to experience that. And yet we never begin to recognize first and foremost, our brothers and sisters, we're the first ones, we threw the first punch. We gotta be we threw the first punch. God didn't. We threw the first punch and then we can kind of be in these situations of like how dare that person hit me. How dare that person do this to me. Man, we need to first recognize first and foremost that we threw the first punch. Because when you can begin to recognize the reality that it's not we who've experienced injustice, it's we who have caused injustice and Christ himself is allowed. Like he literally allowed himself to be crucified, allowed us to spit, to punch, to crucify. He allowed us and didn't offer resistance. Think about this. Jesus doesn't offer you a resistance to sinning against him. He allows it. And because he's the one who was first experienced the greatest injustice, he now has the right and the authority to call us into this act that he himself first lived. Christ upon the cross is the first one that prayed to his Father, interceded to his Father upon the very altar, the wood of the cross, That he would have mercy upon those that are crucifying him right there. The ones that are literally making fun of Jesus to his face and ridiculing him in front of his mom. Jesus is asking his father to forgive them. He's praying for the people that are persecuting him while he's being persecuted. Not like after, like while. Like while he's experiencing this pain. Why they keep... Ridiculing and persecuting and causing greater pain. In that moment, he prays. He prays for those who are persecuting him right there. We are being invited, my brothers and sisters, to live a life like that Jesus already lived. Don't ever think Jesus would ever ask you to do something he first had already done. Don't ever think Jesus would ask you to turn the other cheek and he hasn't. Don't ever think God would ask you to give your tunic when he hasn't given his cloak. Don't ask that God would ask you to go an extra mile if he hasn't already gone two to five to 100,000 miles more than us. Don't ever think God would ever ask you to do something that he wasn't worth doing himself. He invites us into a life that he already has lived and a life that he wants us to live. It is extremely difficult, my brothers and sisters, to pray for those that hurt us. Not just during, but after. It is extremely difficult to to turn the other cheek, to, to not seek some form of vengeance and justice It's extremely difficult, and yet it's still the same invitation that Christ himself invites us to today. The reality, ultimately, of praying. It's just one thing I want to talk about, of praying for those who persecute us. Why? Because Jesus is inviting us into his life of intercession. So intercession is where you have one person and you have another person. And you are in the middle, interceding on behalf of this person, that they may have mercy on them. God the Father, who we sinned against, we're over here, and we can't offer perfect sacrifice. We can't reconcile us to God, and here's Jesus, and he's in the middle. He's the one who intercedes on our behalf through the cross. He takes the whole weight of sin. He's the one that experienced the injustice and he says, Father, please don't kill them. Kill me. Let me, I'll take it. I'll take their sin. I'll offer my entire life an injustice completely to you that you may have mercy upon them, that you may love them, that you will not reject them. Reject me, don't reject them. Abandon me, don't abandon them. God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Because he didn't want us to experience being forsaken by God. So he allowed himself to experience being utterly abandoned by the Father on the cross. Because that was our, that was our lot. And Jesus interceded on our behalf before the Father that he would have mercy upon us. And Christ himself invites us into this life of intercession that we would beseech God the Father in the name of Jesus for people that have hurt us. Father, they don't know what they're doing. And I ask you, please have mercy upon them. My brothers and sisters, you have to realize you can't just live a life of complete sin, hurting other people and doing whatever you want and get away with it. There is justice. God is merciful, but God is just. You can't just do what you want and no big deal. I won't experience the consequence. There are people in this world that have hurt you. And if they don't repent and they don't ask God for forgiveness, they will not experience mercy. They will probably experience justice. And our brothers and sisters, we don't want that. Because why? Because we didn't experience justice. The proper justice of God is never for Jesus Christ to suffer and die for us, the proper justice of God is that we go to hell. And God Himself stood before His Father so that we wouldn't have to experience eternal death. And that's the same thing of like, will you stand in place of my son with my son on behalf of this person who if they don't repent, if they don't choose to repent, they will experience a consequence. Will you pray for them? Will you pray for them as you were prayed for by my son Jesus so that you wouldn't experience the eternal consequence and have mercy and life given to you? Will you unite yourself to my son Jesus on the cross in your own pain, in your own suffering, and intercede on their behalf whether they want it or not whether they ask for it or not but they know in the name of Jesus Father I come before you in this pain and this suffering and I'm in pain and I ask that you have mercy upon them. Father forgive them they don't know what they're doing that's what Jesus invites us into it's a life of intercession and you must realize that the one who's interceding is feeling the pain more than the one that is being interceded for Normally, intercession means that we're experiencing a level of pain in Jesus, and we're begging the Father that they'll have mercy on this person, that my suffering, united to the suffering Christ, might calm the particular anger that this injustice caused. It is not easy. And it's not supposed to be. That's why it can only be done and why it's an invitation. And if God invites you into a place of intercession to pray for those who persecute you, he will grant you the grace in his name to be able to say the same words that he uttered on the cross. That Father, forgive them, if they not do what they do. There are people in our lives, my brothers and sisters, that have really hurt us and Jesus died for them. Jesus suffered for them, and Jesus still suffers for them and desires to experience life eternal. He doesn't want anyone to die. And he invites you and he invites me into this place of intercession, that in the midst of our pain, in the midst of the injustice that has been done unto us, it's not okay and it's not right, absolutely, and God's not no big deal. No, he's like, this is not okay But I'm asking you, instead of you seeking justice, will you seek mercy in the name of my son Jesus on behalf of this person? I invite you, my son, I invite you, my daughter, into this place of intercession. This place of intercession to beseech my mercy for that person. To pray for that person by name that my mercy may touch their heart, that my mercy may convert them, that my mercy may offer them repentance, that they may repent, they may believe and be saved. They may know and experience the injustice and hurt and they may repent and ask for forgiveness and experience my life. Will you pray for them? Will you be willing to love the person that hurts you the most, knowing that it is also the same person that Christ himself died for? And so this is what Jesus offers you and I today and every single day. To stand in intercession with Jesus Christ before God the Father on behalf of people who hurt us. That as we didn't experience the full justice of the sin that we caused, so too may they not experience the same justice that they caused us, that we who experience mercy, may in the name of Jesus they experience the same mercy that we have been given in his Son, our Lord, Jesus Christ. Amen.